We are just winging it. I couldn't actually remember the intro that I decided intentionally to uh, replace the old one. So, But I did. I remembered it, and I'm John Abdullah, and here we are, just winging it. And I'm Patrick Green, uh, being wung by your bizarre, increasingly bizarre introduction. You know, wung. Um, uh, but it's appropriate, yeah, question, isn't it? Actually. Isn't it appropriate that I wouldn't even know what our intro, like, you know, that we would forget it and it would be all, like, clunky because we are just winging it. We're that spontaneous that we don't even know. I just got, like, a Zoom invite. I just joined it and I was like, oh, shit, this is the show that we do. Um, I guess we got to record, and then all of a sudden we're recording, and then all of a sudden you know you're introducing us as some weird pronoun, and I like don't know what's going on. I have a question though. Uh, please ask uh, me. I think that's what we do you, on this show. We talk to each other. Have you ever had a time where no. you decided to try to go? That's a good point. Where you ever wanted to go by Johnny? Oh, I. So in fact, in fact, I grew up thinking that my name was Johnny because my family. Called me that as a as a a lad, a wee lad, and Did uh, they really? yeah, that was what I went by as a kid. And so, and I had an uncle. So my dad's name is John, and I had okay. an uncle that we always called Uncle Johnny. So I mm-hmm. so in this phase of my ignorance here, I thought that I was named after my uncle. I did not connect it at all that I was named after my dad, because Why? because my name was Johnny. I was I was John because everybody was saying Johnny all yes, the time. Yes, and so I thought my name was Johnny, and therefore I was named after my uncle Johnny, and that my dad had a different name because his name right. is so John. So you thought there were two, two different names? I mean, maybe I knew it was a nickname. I, I don't know. Maybe I knew it was also a nickname. Probably not. I mean, I'm talking like you know, very young, um, probably 20, like first grade 22. or yeah. <laughs> and then when they explained to my parents, explained like you know, you're John. You're named after your dad. I don't. It wasn't like a sit down. Let me explain the birds and the bees kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> or that you're adopted or something, but it was right. It felt like a moment that I realized it and connected the dots there. Um, but so they still um, do call me Johnny, I believe. It's one of those things where I can't recall for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because <laughs> you don't notice. Well, why can't you? I mean, have you talked to your family at all? Well, no, I but mean, like, did, you don't it... notice some of this stuff. It's so subconscious. Like what my sister yeah. calls me. Um, but yeah, she calls me Johnny, and I think my my parents still. I think my dad calls me John. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've heard you referred to a couple of times yeah. by, as Johnny by yeah. family members you think, at this point, and and I didn't know if that was a branding thing you were going you know, for or what. This is having me think through something here right now in this moment. Okay, it's going to yeah. tie into um, maybe our bigger conversation today as well. I I told you I'm getting into guitar, right? That's right. And, yes, that's and true. And so you know, I, I'm now. This has clearly become a pattern now for me on this show where. A light bulb goes off. I'm like, I'm going to commit myself to doing something. And then I just like, mm-hmm. it's a montage of me going all in on something. I thought you were right. the only full ass person on this in these conversations. But it turns out um, there are some things that I can go pretty full ass on, Patrick. Oh, I think you're a very full uh, ass person. I like to take a little <laughs> bit of credit for it, but I don't think I deserve it. I, 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 I think you, you, you I might. definitely, I've exposed more of your Your actions, zest for life is contagious. Yeah, it is. And it's so, like a virus, basically. So I've picked up the boxing i've picked up Mm -hmm. the biking and and now i am going all in on guitar um which is peaking right now because i i like obsessed over uh getting a new guitar because i have like a very crappy you know hundred dollar yamaha electric guitar that i got in high school and i have another a folk a classical guitar which i like is fun but i want like a nylon string yes but i want a nice 
um, electric guitar. And so for my birthday, that's what I asked for. And it's like a group gift for family that I'm very thankful for. Um, a new wow. Fender Stratocaster. It's not like the American made Fender. It's thousands. Is it the plus Mexican dollars. one? It's the Mexican. Dude, one. I, 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 um, I got a Mexican Stratocaster when I was 10 and I still own it and I still can play it. And it's a great instrument. It's, it's still, I mean, I, through the years I've sold more guitars probably than I've like actually owned for any <laughs> period of time, just cause they're, they're, they're like kind of weird investments. Disposable. Unless you really fall in love with it. Yeah. You know? Cause it, cause the, the guitars have designed their, des- especially with electric guitars right but also sometimes with you know with some acoustics like the way that they evolve suits different play styles yep. and so that's why you see some people who get you know a gibson and then like all they play is les pauls for the rest of their life or people who you know get a strat and all they play because they love the cutaway that's like what they do for the rest of their life um for me no other design has ever like worked for me the way the stratocaster does and that's why that's the one that i've just held on to for so long it's a great yeah guitar. well that's great to hear because i'm I'm placing my bets on that. Um, I mean, you know, and I'm working with a Stratocaster now, the Yamaha. I'm working with, you hear that? Um, with the one, uh, the Yamaha is a Stratocaster, um, but, you know, it's a, it's very cheap. So Knock off, yeah. Um, so I'm hopeful that this is one that I'll fall in love with. And, uh, you know, I'm buying it as an aspirational. I have not earned this. I, I don't have the right to own a good guitar yet. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but I think by having it, I will, it's, it's going to be very motivating for me in the same way that I invested in, um, renovating my house to put up a punching bag. <laughs> a new addition to house your two punching yeah, bags. Yeah, and, yes. and then the nice bike that I got, you know. Um, and so so coming back to the name, I feel like it is in proper Johnny fashion, someone who is a boxer, a biker, yeah. and, a, and a guitar player would be named Johnny. That would be a Johnny. Right? That would definitely it's be not a Johnny. A John. But the biking part of it would be a motorcycle, though. So I, I think if, if you just keep it to biker, I think that works. If you say like a cyclist, yes. that doesn't, that's not really Johnny. Yeah, I that's, suppose that's you're right. That's going back to John territory, I think. I think you're right. Maybe I'll trade We're up to an e-bike. Kind of on the margins Does of that society. Work? E-bike? <laughs> uh, e-bike is a transition, I think, between the two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I will continue to hold uh, left and right brain, John and Johnny. Um, John will be at home, you know working on uh our finances or something yeah, yeah. exactly spreadsheets um, and scrum portfolios scrum portfolios yeah. <laughs> and and johnny will rock out at night and uh hit some heavy bags so yeah just i think like go down the highway as fast as you can with the lights off just screaming into the void that's right yeah. You know, yeah bethany the other day used this term that i had never really heard before but i just love um self-actualizing it's a very therapy term right she went to school for <laughs> Um, uh, for therapy. Uh, that's not even the right. word. Psychology. Thank you. Um, Psychology. I thanked myself for that. Um, yeah. And and so she was like, you know, we were in an actually a bit of an argument, I think. And she's like, and you're doing all this self actualizing while I'm trying to blah blah blah. Um, and I was like, oh, am I self actualizing? Like, what's that all about? And I'm like thinking about it. And in all seriousness, this this during this pandemic, uh, I do feel like I've I've been more intentional about the the ways that I use my time and um very much focused on growth and like you know just going all in on 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 um yeah on growing so anyway um that's my my whole thing and that's the show and I'll just shut up and let you talk now I'm self-actualizing <laughs> like a robot like a robot too. hang yeah. on so 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 self-actualizing yeah. then, the way that you're using it means basically like manifesting who you want to be in the world by going for it right that's what that's what yeah, you're it's saying yeah it's becoming as as Michelle Obama so beautifully put it, um, <laughs> that's what the, the book is about. Your journey, right? I mean, it's yeah, yeah, but I, I I love that. You know, it's a very clinical term, of course. Um, but I kind of love that about it. Self actualizing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I love it too. I, I think it's it's funny. One of the many things that this pandemic is exposing, as we talked about many times, is like who we are in times of yes. various crises, yes. right? Yes. Um, 
I, I would say for most of it, I've, I've been similar. The last month or so, I, I've kind of slowed down a little bit, which I think has been part of why it's been a little bit harder for me mm-hmm. lately, because I think, you know, it's, it's funny. I was reading an article this morning um, about just some of the sort of the mental toll that this has been taking on a lot of people. And I think one of the things that I can identify with is that my notions about time, which were already kind of all over the place, yeah. have really gotten just obliterated by this. Because like, for people like you and me, you know, we are really in a our, our 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 patterns have ceased to be varied enough that we really notice them anymore i mean for me like i just am home so much of the time yes. right uh not really interacting with like any new people ever not really having to prepare to do very much of anything that's not just related to like my immediate work needs you know yeah. um and like and i i love most of what i'm doing like i love being here I love all the exercise we're getting. You know, I love, I obviously love the time with Micah and the kids. And I love just this, you know, the intimacy of this way of life. But like, I'm also like, okay to vary it up a little bit. You're, and like, yeah, I, can't, I, it's, I think you know? you're more than okay with that. I think you need it. You know, we've talked yeah. a lot in this show about bringing in, you know, the whole um, sense of adventure is about bringing novelty into life and, and mm-hmm. how refreshing that is and how. I'm sure we all need it to varying degrees, but I mean, you're someone who's really fueled by that. So I can imagine totally, this being totally. a particularly hard kind of Groundhog Day experience. It is a kind of a Groundhog Day thing. So yeah. we, we will get into some of like the things that I've been doing lately that have been helping to deal with that a little bit, I think, as we get to the main body of, of today's the body. show. Yeah. The body. But in the we work short, our way up you know, to before the body we get to or that. into the body. Yeah. It's good. Like magic uh, school bus. Uh, disturbing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going into the blood vessels. Yeah. Um, Either way, though, like in the from a more immediate place, uh, I feel like when your sense of time goes away, a lot of the traditional markers of like progress and futurehood and pasthood start to obliterate, mm. and we kind of live in this limbo a little bit. So this idea of self-actualizing, this idea of taking up hobbies and getting better at them over time, uh, has within what I just said, I think the key, which is over time, right? Yeah. The whole point is that you start not being great at something and you and you gradually get better at it and then you have like a marker you have something in place to say hey you know what like three months ago mm. uh, i couldn't ride a bike and now three months That's later you know i'm way to look obsessed at it. Yes, with it yes right it's and, like and so it just yeah. it gives you like a waypoint it gives you like a like a, oh here's this okay well this has happened since like then, if right? i were uh in prison which many people are right now in this moment um so just acknowledging that, I guess. And um, <laughs> yeah, was that a threat, John? Like, what was that all about? <laughs> no, you but know, I if mean, you keep up with this Johnny shit, you might be. Yeah, too. exactly. That's true. I'm on that path now. Um, yeah, you are. You're a renegade. It's only a matter of time. So if yeah. I were, when I will, when I am in prison for mm-hmm. uh, 20 years, let's say, right, I will desperately be looking for some. As you, as you see, you know, the markers on the wall or whatever method folks come up with, but the less you have to mark time around you, which we're kind of in a situation like that, not to all the way to the extent of a prisoner, but <laughs> um, there is something really interesting there. Fo- put it, pouring your energy into that growth gives you that marker in time that you're describing mm-hmm. um, and still gives you some sense of purpose and fulfillment. And I think you're really onto something there that, that actually explains a lot maybe of why you know i think many people are in the in in that boat whether it's exercise or whatever it may be realizing that they want to sort of um do more of that self-actualizing um i've also been thinking of it in terms of frankly just and i can't remember if i i said these words in the last episode but you know our our lives were so full of so many things before Mm -hmm. and everything got cleared out and we have like this empty um container in which you know we get to sort of intentionally fill it again 
Um, obviously, there's still some things in it that are carrying forward, but like it's been reduced down to its essentials, like we talked about, right? Our right. family, our work, um, and that's about it. <laughs> and so we're intentionally putting things back in. And yeah, things will look different when we're all back to our regular, you know, regularly scheduled programming. But um, I think that we will hold some of that stuff that we put in in the container, you know? Like I, I, I really have for my whole life been so into music and um so uh, i so accepted the idea that i just never would be a musician and and you know i'm not gonna be <laughs> some you want to go on tour with bono um, don't you John? it's gonna this happen is all leading yeah, to yeah, your yeah. big youtube exactly. premiere moment where they're gonna bring back you know the uh the, the, the like the great you don't even know what to be filling <laughs> yeah in you for... didn't even know <laughs> was, it, was it jacob's let the tree of jacob what the fuck is that album called the ladder the joshua the tree. tree yeah the joshua yeah. tree the jacob's ladder called, yes right. exactly the jacob's the jacob's ladder their seminal album the jacob's ladder yeah <laughs> Yeah, Joshua. Tree, but right. you know, I honestly don't. Just like for boxing, I've never thought I'm gonna actually um, box. You know, I'm doing it for fitness. I'm literally mm-hmm. doing it for the practice of it. And I, I so appreciate. I've so admired everyone who who can play an instrument. Um, and I've just kind of written it off as something I'll never do. Um, but I've wanted to, you know. And and so it feels good to like just work at it. To, and that's it. That's enough. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. And it's the point of, of working at something. That's kind of the, yeah. that's the whole idea. And and again, like this is something that uh, I think you're right. I think that when we look back on this time, there are things that we will like definitely take forward with us and there are things that we won't. Right. You know, I, I think for, for me, one of them is that I do have to maintain some sense of intentionality with what I'm doing with my time. Yes. And I have to like maintain some sense of, you know, the world will not necessarily do that for me. Yeah. Right. And, and, and which is something that we've talked about a million times in this show about being in the moment, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But Something that was interesting, this article also was saying that, uh, so the memory is really a future mechanism. It's not a past mechanism. So when we remember things, it's almost always because it was a significant moment that will have some impact on future moments to mm. come, right? So that's or why- I think it will, you know, yeah. Or, or it could. And our, our body, which has been programmed to survive in really harsh environments, knows that, you know, I touched a hot stove a long time ago and I'm not going to do that again right yes or it knows that you know I was caught off guard by something from a health standpoint I'm not going to let that happen again right um, but now because we are those those significant moments are uh, a little bit more you have to really find them now mm. I think because, because or the create them even dissolved yeah. away, or create them or really seek them out I think that the our, our like idea of how much time is passing is getting like very confusing for people and that's making it harder for people and I'm definitely in this group to like visualize the future now if you if we'd had this conversation last year I mean we did have many conversations last year <laughs> there was never a point where we could talk about the future and I wouldn't have 10 billion things on my mind that's right right especially from a music standpoint mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I had so many music projects going. I had so many things that I was excited about doing and going to see and taking trips and like, you know, going places and, wow. and doing all these yeah. things. And a lot of that was just sort of my default, which was just that, you know, I like to live a busy, forward looking life, sometimes to the detriment of my present life, which is something that I struggle with. Right. right? But the but idea that, that each now. of those right, many, many um, strands held this opportunity or potential for a future uh and that you could see it all, right? You saw a horizon filled with all mm-hmm. of these um, opportunities or, or um, what's the word, sort of burgeoning something. Just unknowns that, ha- that, yeah. that you could yeah. have a feeling about and, and know we're coming, you know? Yeah. It just, it's a very different way of living. Of course. And that way of living just for me has kind Dramatically. of been obliterated a little bit. Yes. Um, but it's funny, it didn't really hit me until it got this cold out. And I was like, oh man, that's okay. That's, that's, a, that's an inflection point in my life where now I have to really kind of work 
yes. to do that. Yes. Um, and also, so something that I have been focusing on quite a bit, and this will sort of get us closer to the, sh- the meat and the body of the show, <laughs> is um, appreciating the present moment uh, not as anything that needs any justification, like not as something that is in relation to anything past or, or anything future, but just as a present moment. Yes. And that that in itself is a really beautiful, comforting, simple Freeing, thing. right? Um, it's, it's, very, it's liberating. Yeah. And, and that's something, so I'm doing much more of that lately, and we'll, I'll talk a little bit about that in a bit. But, but I'm also, uh, I, as I mentioned on the previous one, I've, uh, our previous episode, I've been continually trying to keep this idea of making plans in the morning, especially with the kids, for things that we want to do mm. at night. Yeah. And talking about like, okay, so let's start, you know, t- so tonight, for example, we're doing another, another robe party, which we're really excited about. A robe about. party. We're going to do... Yeah, we're going to do like hot chocolate and we're, you know, we're our, our you know, robes and PJs. It's just not what comes to mind when I hear robe party, you know. I'm just imagining this like um, dance, uh, inappropriate dance where you're all robed and, you know, naked underneath and just like, I, I don't even know what it involves. <laughs> I guess. What? Are you talking? What is it? Is this some weird adult because, family tradition? No, because that immediately. I don't, is this what you guys do when the kids my, go to bed? What is this? You dance because in scanty robes. Immediately when you say robes, I just think of like, uh, what's his face from Playboy in a robe? Like, I just... Oh, like a smoking jacket. Yes. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's... Hefner, you're right. Yeah. That is more of a smoking jacket than a robe. <laughs> no, I mean like my L.L. Bean puffy, like, you know, like flannel robe. Yeah. Just like the sort of thing that, you know, you only have for moments like that, right? Like, I, I wear that thing when I take Luna out in the morning so I don't freeze but to death. But am I wrong and to then, think you know, that one is naked under a robe? That's the standard protocol for robe wearing. No, that's that's if you're a fucking, <laughs> like, you know, if you're living in a sex <laughs> maze, then maybe... If you're, Isn't you a robe maybe, a device to, you know, just to throw on after you come out of the shower kind of thing? That's a bathrobe. Okay, so this is a different... I'm just Listen, robes John, are foreign to me. Everybody needs this I'm could sorry. be part of self-actualizing. I'm just trying to under, this could be this part could of your be, journey. could be right a practice robe. So I just didn't I didn't fully appreciate the variety of robes. Um, I, I don't think you had any idea. No, I do think John. I think Johnny does. I think Johnny, Johnny knows would that know. a robe. He'd wear a robe. Johnny would be like, we have to do an erotic dance with this sheer bathrobe with nothing underneath, with our children for some fucking reason. <laughs> no, it's a kids' party, John. We're just wearing our flannel robes and watching Christmas movies. I mean, ask um, ten people the first thing that they think of when you say robe party, and at least one of them is probably going to say something that's naughty. Yeah, that one's in a fucking prison, though. That's what, that's what I'm saying to you. Is that Johnny? That's this thing. Self, you got to be a careful robe because party. as you bring this thing into the it's world, this Johnny yeah, thing, it's, like it's, it's going to pull mm-hmm. you down, man. Yeah, it's like it's a symbiote. You know, yeah. it's really going to make some weird shit. Yep. No, but so so yeah, these little these little plans, these little forward these little forward looking things, also just like. Um, you know, getting getting out of my like immediate environment and trying to shake the pattern up a little bit has yeah. been really helpful. Yeah. So like just during the day, going over to my parents' place and working there a little bit, or like you know, just 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 doing things that kind of break up the 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 fact that I mean, when I look back at this year, John, and this is the last thing we're recording, you know, before the holidays, and before we come back in January. Before what? Like, <laughs> before who knows it? It's before the road party. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like I look back at this year and I'm like, you know, the March and April felt like they took an eternity. Like those early months of this thing feel like they were 100 years long because every single day was novel. Right? That's right. Yeah. Every single day was an adjustment, was a was a world changing in a personal way, at least like our personal worlds were changing adjustment, trying to figure out how to do these things. And then we like got into the rhythm of it. 
And then we never had anything different. Mm-hmm. Like we have just been now in this rhythm for a long time. And that's why this year for many of us feels like it was both an eternity and the blink of an eye. And and I yes. and I just personally don't want that to happen anymore. And I think for me personally, uh, part of it means that I need to get back on that horse of like doing shit. And, and it's been great. I do have to say though, my, my self-actualizing thing has been a fitness journey this yeah. time. And Tell me more about amazing. that. Like I, I just, I, I was like, you know what? I am going to dedicate this quarantine period to like being in the best shape of, of my life and, and like genuinely studying like physiology and studying lifting and like getting better at it. And like the amount, like my capacity to do athletic things right now is like, it's like a different universe than it was at the beginning of this. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and not just like lifting weights, but lifting doing houses, with, you know, bags and, you know, lifting, cars. lifting people mm-hmm. just and throwing them just to see what it feels like, yeah. you know, just to liberate myself, putting a robe on <laughs> like, just like, just the, this, just like athletic things, like running with a rucksack, you know, in the backyard, these things that like, I never used to I don't know think what a rucksack I would give is. two shits about or, like a weighted backpack. Ah, okay. Like Couldn't I just you say a weighted backpack. Oh, a, a wait, a weighted backpack. Yeah. I've just fallen in love with that. And, and I, and I'm never going to lose that. Like that's a big part of my journey this year and and i love the like i was talking to micah about this you know i had to go get a ladder at home depot yeah. a couple weeks ago and i feel like even a year ago i would have looked up what it weighed first to make sure like to be like you know i might have to go like ask one of the attendants to like help me with it and I, and it was so cool walking at a home depot and be like there's literally nothing here that i could buy short of like <laughs> something with a motor in it that i won't be able to very easily I'm, lift you, you just walked home with it holding it on your back <laughs> did, just because you could i did but it was it was like a, it was a nice feeling and i feel looking back like i became fundamentally strong and fit this year yes. and i feel really happy about that and that's like and that is a before and an after for me and and at the beginning of this we took like, a picture you know mike and i took pictures of each other at the beginning of this to see like without what our progress looks like mm-hmm. without, <laughs> without shirts with well we had robes on you know <laughs> Um, and like, we look different, we look fit. And I, and I feel like that is something that I, I am never going to lose. And that is a self actualizing moment for me. The fact that I found not only the utility in working mm. out, but the joy, the joy in being able to lift something heavy and feel like I could do it over and over and over again and not worry about it because my body is strong and fundamentally okay. That's awesome. That has been a big thing for me. So I'm trying to focus on that kind of a thing. Yes. And, you know, I think that's been, been a, I, I would think a, a popular one for folks right now. Um, you know, just given how little time, I mean, I know you can't, well, some people are going to the gym still. Um, but you know, a lot of people have stopped going to the gym, so I don't know how much that counters it, but I think there has been more emphasis on home fitness and, um, people frankly just had more time to, to work on themselves in general. Right. So I, I agree. And I've just never been as mindful of the effect that it has, you know, even day to day, noticing the difference between a night that I worked out and how easily I go to sleep and how great I wake up versus a day where I didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like we're so, you know, probably in some ways not good, but we're just so focused on ourselves right now. Um, And I, I agree that that is something that I think will stay with me. Um, You know, I was already on that journey with boxing and trying to be more aware of it, but I I do feel like just dedicating more time intentionally to um, physical health is it feels really good you know feel obviously physically feels good but mentally too it's just um something that i want to take forward there is something though i've noticed also interesting in that um as we age us oldies that (laughs) there are some things that i then you know if i help out with some project um i noticed i was helping out with one project in particular um where i had to bend a lot and i was screw using a screw gun and um 
the next is this sexual john is i know it like sounds a, pretty it's going <laughs> in a weird you were, so you were bending I'm, over. I'm being weirdly vague about it was just anything being only because it would be too much this? to have to explain what it was but i guess if i must um it's sexual. it was helping where we built some of these parklets in our community where they take over a parking space and it um you know it creates more outdoor space in front of some restaurants yeah, that's a good idea and so yeah. we were doing this volunteer project where they were um the platforms that created just a nicer parklet and so i was helping to build one of them and i i like you know after an hour i pulled something in my back um and i just i'm so much more aware of how easily i pull stuff and feel sore mm-hmm. despite the fact mm-hmm. that truly i think i'm in my, the best shape i've ever been in and yet at the same time you know when i was eating doritos and watching movies all day i would never notice like pulling something so we're going to have to contend with that. You know, it's like as we become woke or, or self-actualized, you know, our, our physical health, we are becoming more fragile human beings just because of age. So that kind of sucks. That's true. But it's also a good opportunity. And that's part of why I've gotten more into things like kinesiology and stuff yeah. during this is because I, I realized that that's what was happening. That if I wanted to like progress in my my like fitness journey, yeah. that like I needed to actually be intentional when I stretched and when I did warm ups and cool downs. And like I needed to pay attention to what connected to what. And like I was talking to, you know, Joey and Miles about this earlier in the in the year, like I, I kept pulling my lower back yeah. when I was doing certain types of lifts and like no matter what I did. And I realized that, you know, it's because I was never stretching out mm. my uh, like my hip. So like my that my when my hip was pivoting, the hip tensors and flexors in there were like were pulling on my lower back muscles because it was connected. All right, I gotta so learn I more like, from okay. you about this then. I'm and, glad and, and that and makes. Now I, I never have any pain anymore with this that shit. Ki- it's awesome. <laughs> that, it's, it's I never true, have any really, pain. I haven't. I that haven't actually been that gives me a lot of hope because yeah. I was thinking I'm more so in the boat now where it's just working out to stay at a certain base level. And that you're basically Mr. fighting Olympia. time. You know what I mean? Like each each year you're yeah. gonna get more decrepit. And so you're just trying to balance it out with more activity, but that yeah. you're you're still at the same baseline as what you when you mm-hmm. were younger. But right. you're giving you're just me staving off the inevitable oblivion <laughs> that awaits us all. <laughs> You, you know what? This turn, the transition for me this year has been towards one where I feel like my working out has been is an investment in the future, and not in a way of like just trying to maintain right, health, right? But like, but like a better me and a more aware of myself me who also can f- like listen to my own body more and like knows when something is up, right? Yeah. I mean, like who 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 will be able to like monitor my own well being into the future? So like, so you know, when I on those days when I'm having a harder time seeing what like the next months or the next years look like, and I kind of feel like we're trapped in this weird vortex. When I'm working out and I'm being intentional and I have gains compared to what I had done previously on certain exercises, I'm like, that's the future. That's where I'm going. Like, yeah. I'm going into a place where I'm like a, a, a healthier version of myself. Right. And so that's, yeah. So maybe next year we'll do another like fitness show and have some people on who know more about it than, than we do. But I, I feel like that. So, you know, I, I need to maintain sight on that, that I have actually been working on things. And even though I haven't been quite as like all over the place with that stuff over the last few months, like I have still been working on getting a now as a, as opposed to then. That's a big deal. Yeah, totally. And that is a big deal. Um, I agree. We so, should, we should have a follow up. I, um, my brother-in-law is an occupational therapist or physical therapist, um, mm-hmm. who I think we should definitely have on. Cause, uh, I'm sure he'd tell us all the things that we just explained wrongly or, you know, all the be- exactly. all the shit that you're making up right now. It's all bullshit. And also Joey is an occupational therapist. Oh, right. So maybe of course. We can do yeah, it, yeah, we yeah. have the four of us on and, and notoriously do, Jack. And teach us shit. Yeah. And he's enormous. Yeah. yeah. So I think the four of us, can uh, probably have a really good episode. So, Just that being said, we are here today to discuss 
self-actualization. It's all about working out today. Uh, well, and, and I'm going to yeah. transition into do you it. telling us about this, but I do no, want to no, give a quick shout out before we do to anything. a book. This is this is this is lesson. This well, I'm paying you, John. Remember, this is that's my therapy true. You're right. All right, I'll week. tell you some things. So, uh, so I just want to give a shout out. Uh, my buddy Jake, who also listens to the show, mm-hmm. he's a good dude. Um, sent me this book because I'd mentioned to him around the time we recorded the last episode that I felt like I was like pretty legitimately struggling a little bit from a mental health place. I was like something was off. Um, which I now know was seasonal affective disorder, but it just really had, I had never had it before. So it just kind of roared and it took, took me over a little bit for a few days. Um, and, uh, and since then, you know, I, as John knows, cause he's looking at me, I have this light going during the earlier part of the day. You look that's magnificent. With that. I look radiant. You know, I'm, I'm focusing on, you know, I'm talking to my therapist, my psychiatrist about it. Um, and, and, and I'm also trying to read things about how to like, you know, make, how to help that not happen again, how, how depression and anxiety are things that, you know, I can still have control over, even though there's so many things that I don't have control over in the world. Anyway, so he he was like, you know, there's this guy uh, Tay Not Han, who I know I'm not saying his name right, and I'm sorry, I know he's famous, I just I don't know how to say his name, but he's a Vietnamese monk who is in his mid 90s now. He's still alive, but he was a big part of the civil rights movement in the United States. He has been all over the world for you know something like 80 years of this career at this point, um, basically preaching peace and preaching mm. how. You know, we can find it both externally and especially internally. And anyway, so Jake sent me this book, and it's called Peace is Every Step, The Path of Mindfulness in Everyday Life. And I really recommend, if anybody is feeling like I am right now, like kind of swallowed up a little bit by all of the uncertainties and the the strangenesses of this time, read this book. It's really good. Uh, he's, a like I said, a Buddhist monk from Vietnam. And, uh, and he has a lot of these nice little actionable things that have been helping me. And so two of them, I'll just say briefly before we get back to yours, the the bridge between these two topics, by the way, is that the Dalai Lama wrote the foreword to this book, so that was sort of why. It's a beautiful bridge. The first one, Built the first by the one is that Lama. himself, yep. uh, in a bathrobe. Handcrafted. Uh-huh. Handcrafted. Uh, is that uh, you should, if you can, wake up every morning with a smile, and it, it, it can be something where you can write it somewhere so you see it before the day starts, but even if, even if you don't feel like smiling, or even if you're waking up and you feel like shit, um, if you can, if you can still just do a small personal smile to yourself before the day starts, uh, it has such a big effect on your well being. And I can't even tell you what it's like. It's this, you know, four seconds of my entire day. Yeah, and it changes the entire day, John. It really wow. does. I'm, I was because laughing it, because it just sounds so annoying, you know, to just force myself. Like I'm just imagining like a morning where I'm really like you know not feeling good, and I just like yeah. you know. My face is like twitching, trying to force one to come. <laughs> right, right. You're like screaming in <laughs> agony. No, it, it is. I mean, every morning is like that, basically, right? Like I, I wake up and I'm, it's not like I want to. And then I, and then I remember that I'm supposed to be intentional about it, right? Yeah. Just like we're yeah. saying, like it, it's, it's about how we spend, we have the choice to spend our time, you know? And he says, you know, you should think to yourself, like this is, I, I have been given 24 more hours on this earth. What a great gift. Like, yes, I'm going to use it, you know, and, and to, and to think about that and to just smile about it and then move on with your day. And that simple mm-hmm. act of smiling, you know, it releases endorphins. It releases the dopamine that we're not getting from our external environment right now because everything's cut off and it's cold and it's dark. But it also, it's like a little way to take some power over yourself and put yourself in the moment and not put yourself in the past or the future. So that's one thing. And then the other one is um, he has this thing that he has written in his room that he looks at when he meditates and it just says breathe you are alive and i just love that idea and i think i'm going to get a tattoo mm-hmm. of that when this is all done so i can remember that is to like to look at it and say breathe i am alive like this is it i am alive right now this is and water I should be present 
This is what, yeah. Clearly, this is something I struggle with, John, considering the fact that I write the same <laughs> shit all over my body for, for forever. But those are, yeah, so, so Pieces Every Step, I recommend you pick it up. And the Dalai Lama wrote the forward to it, which brings us to today's topic, John. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I think this whole episode has really revolved around our topic here, um, which is as we go into this time of year, and when I say that, I mean all of it, right? Like the darkness, the winter, the cold, um, for those who live in climates um, that are you know, about to experience winter. And then um, this, the, that also, it's no, it's no coincidence that that is also um, when we have decided as a, as a people to celebrate um, Christmas and other holidays uh, at the end of the year because you know, it lights up the world during this darkness, um, a time when we're supposed to spread cheer, a time very focused, uh, at least in the U.S., on on kids and their happiness, and um, you know, a lot of it revolves around uh, getting stuff. But you know, behind it is the idea of um, spreading cheer, and and so I thought it'd be helpful to maybe just talk a little bit about um, you know what how we're going to approach that in our lives right now because we are heading into this um, difficult stretch where we're going to see um, the spikes continue, and um, you know, health be a very big concern for people. Um, but also, you know, especially as parents, like wanting to not, I don't want to make it like forced or, or pretend, you know, that we aren't fully experiencing the sorrow right now either. Um, but, you know, so I'm not talking about happiness, right? This is something that um, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu distinguished between. It's really, it's more about joy, which often comes from suffering. And, and we can talk about that. But I thought it would be a good moment to touch base on um, an an episode we talk about a lot, the book of joy, where we went through that book and the sort of pillars um, that they introduced. Um, And I've not listened to that episode and, nor have I done much research as usual. Um, So we'll see where this takes us, but I thought it would be helpful to at least take a look at some of those lessons again in this context um, and talk about how we're going to get through this together, how how we're going to find joy amidst this period in time with our families. Yeah, so I'm glad you circled back around to the joy concept because for for me that has been um, the the best and the hardest in many ways of this entire experience because it's been very easy to lose sight of it um, and it's been very easy to guilt ourselves. And you know this better than most people because of offline conversations we have. I am a fucking guilt machine. I feel so <laughs> bad. I really feel so bad for so many things in my life. You know, and 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 one of those things that I've been feeling bad for lately is how I felt just sort of out of control of my emotions. I've, I've just been crying a lot lately mm-hmm. about a lot of things. Uh, I've been staying up with anxiety a lot lately. I've just been, I've been feeling sort of like a, not like a failure as a dad or a husband, but just like I haven't been contributing as much as I would like to be contributing to like the well-being of, of my family lately. Like I just haven't had as much energy to be the dad that I have been, you know? Yeah, I, um, I think, uh, sorry, finish your thought. Well, just saying that I think the, this concept of joy is, is is for many reasons important, but not for the least of which being that that is part of it, and that um, and that part of I, when I when I love so much about that book and, and what you you know explain about it is that joyous people also experience sorrow very vividly and 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 cry a lot and feel very open to that and yes. feel like it's not something to push away and it's not something to pretend doesn't happen, and that I think the best Christmases or the best, you know, holidays, you know, the best holiday seasons that I've experienced in my life have been often the ones that are right at the nexus of those two things. They are times where, you know, we really remember the people that we've lost. 
we look into this future and we think what what awaits us what's coming this next year like what what you know what things will we not be able to have control of and we also take stock of like how freaking lucky and and, and in such a cosmic way how lucky we are to be here right now to be part of this like how lucky we are to live at a time when the world we live in is the world we live in Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and those two things at this time of the year are so tightly intertwined and to recognize both of those things mean that you have to be open to being overwhelmed Mm. and i think being overwhelmed is actually a really good thing if you treat it as something normal and healthy so it's okay to cry and it's okay to feel like you don't know what to do next but it's also okay to laugh as hard as you can and it's okay to do as many stupid things as you want to do with the kids because you don't have to be one thing and i think this time of the year is evidence of that you know i i agree completely i I think there is a fullness in what you describe that is in contrast to a paradigm that we often um, fall into. And it's, it makes sense, but um, we fall into this paradigm, I think, where uh, joy and sorrow are opposites, right? Um, and, and actually, that was one of the, that's where the book starts in, in talking about um, what it even is, right? Um, and, and so this idea that you have guilt even around some of those feelings that you were feeling um, I think this is nice sort of in contrast to that. Um, so the, the, this quick quote is, you know, we're, we are fragile creatures and it is from this weakness, not despite it, that we discover the possibility of true joy, right? That it actually is from, it springs out of that weakness and that sorrow that we can experience. Um, and I feel that just resonates with me because I think it it just, it changes the way we look at sorrow or negative feelings, um, I think it always, for me, I always want to be mindful and careful there of um, where you can get into the, maybe I'll call it the toxic version of both, right? So um, I don't know if this is a term that's really used, and, and I'm sure, you know, my lovely psychologist wife could correct me after, but if toxic... Therapist, you know, is yeah, that yeah. actually uh, therapy. Um, to- <laughs> toxic negativity, right, maybe is, is depression, right, where there's like an altered state where you're, you're, you're so focused on negative, um, and, and that's a real struggle that so many people encounter, right? Um, so I think when we talk about sorrow and, 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 and joy that comes out of it, I, I think it's helpful to distinguish between a state of mind that you can enter there with the sort of negative... Um, uh, you know, or toxic rather negativity. And similarly, we talked last time about um, toxic positivity, right? That that's a real thing too. Yeah. Just trying to force force happiness, um, I think can have uh, a, a similar or maybe a different, but also bad outcome. And so this idea of fully embracing both while not being uh, drowned in it, I don't know. Uh, that's the part I'm trying to get at there. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, just, you know, I'll just sort of call out some things that are standing out to me. I'm looking at highlights, um, from when I had originally read it and really, you know, like I said, I haven't done a ton of research here, but I trust that the moment will call out <laughs> the things that are relevant. I mean, to be fair, we didn't even know that this was an episode. We just joined a zoom call. That's you know, true. We were like, Oh shit, that's just winging it. That's right. Yeah. So you're fine. Um, so here's one, uh, discovering more joy does not, I'm sorry to say, save us from the in- inevitability of hardship and heartbreak. In fact, we may cry more easily but we will laugh more easily too. Perhaps we are just more alive. Yet as we discover more joy, we can face suffering in a way that ennobles rather than embitters. We have hardship without becoming hard. We have heartbreak without being broken. You know, I, I just think that yeah. it, it so communicates what you just described there, that fullness of life that we embrace it all 
and that's um, how we are full as human beings. Um, so, so that if that's what joy is, right? That's what we're attaining or or seeking. Um, then I want to at least just mention the pillars again, and you know, we don't have to go through all of these, but like one thing I've been aware of through all this is how much of what we talk about, and especially this time of year, I notice it in myself is external focused. And if, Mm -hmm. if a big distinction between joy and happiness that they make in this book is that, you know, happiness is the seeking of external, whereas joy is very internal. Um, there's more opportunity for the internal right now. I think there's more time for it, right? We, we can sort of meditate and, um, take care of ourselves in new ways or better ways, um, more activity, but there's also, I've still felt in myself, there is still that, uh, temptation for external, um, like an example, um, stuff, right? Uh, Christmas, it's a time where you get, you're often focused on things, whether it's buying them for your kids or yourself. I just talked about the guitar, which I'm very excited about. You know, it's like so much is bound up in that. There's the physical thing, but there's like what will come of it. And, you know, I think there's an element of it that's good and bad. Um, but if we're truly, you know, seeking joy and the internal, then listen to these eight pillars and see what sort of stands out to you and, and that distinction between internal and and external. So let's actually talk about, um, the pillars of joy, right? This, this is like the emphasis in the book on, um, sort of eight pillars that the Dalai Lama and, um, Desmond Tutu focus on. So I'm just going to read them. And there's like a little subtitle for each of these in the chapters, I guess. Um, All right, first one is perspective. There are many different angles. Number two is humility. I tried to look humble and modest. Number three is humor. Laughter, joking is much better. I don't know what that means. Um, (laughs) Number four is acceptance. The only place where change can can begin. Five is forgiveness, freeing ourselves from the past. Six is gratitude. I am fortunate to be alive. Seven is compassion, something we want to become. And eight is generosity. We are filled with joy. So we're not going to talk about all of those. Nobody wants to hear that. It'll take us, you know, another few hours. Um, but what what stood out to you in those pillars and in this moment? Uh, well, the humor one stood out to me because I'm still trying to figure out what they're talking about with the joking is better. <laughs> Let me read so, an excerpt from that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they saying? Because I don't know what that means either. Oh, the only, so what I'm looking at here are what, what I highlighted from each chapter and some of them have multiple excerpts. This one only has one and it's just this, ready? Um, he said that laughing and crying are the same thing. Laughing just feels better. Oh, that's what he's saying. Okay. So like, isn't so that great? It, it does. It does. It is great. It's, I'm still confused on exactly what he's talking about with the joking no, part. Don't, but don't, it's, don't think it's, about it too much. Yeah, I think I'm just leave it at it. that. Yeah. So no, I don't. So, I, that was just. I don't know where that came from either. I. I. I don't know. That's so just, he's saying. Well, laughing and crying are very very similar. It's just laughing feels better. That's what he's saying basically. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 There's a knife's edge between them. Yes. Uh, and I think many of us are experiencing that at this time of the year. I think that, that is true. I, I feel so. I had a call with my psychiatrist, and I was like, uh, you know, Me. explaining you know, yeah. with John. This is my. I'm actually sorry. My, I'm cheating on you. This is my right. other psychiatrist. The, the oh, one I okay. went to school fine. for it. Actually, fine, fine. You know, I was just kind of explaining if like how must. I was feeling, mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, and I was kind of, I, I went into it kind of hoping for this empathetic like listening session where he's like, yeah, well, let's really talk it through. And he was just like making fun of me during a lot of it, and I fucking are you sure this that. wasn't I, me? 
<laughs> this was actually this was this was actually Bethany. I was calling I was calling your wife. She's I'm my, sorry, my I interrupted you, and you were about to say what was your reaction to that? You loved that. Yeah, I did. I, I kind of needed that. You know, yeah. it, it started off with the haircut because this was, as everything is, you know, on Zoom. So, you know, this is the first so, time he'd actually seen so me in a while. Was he just like pointing at you and laughing? Like, he's like, he's like, well, what happened to your hair? And I was like, oh, you know, I did it in solidarity put it in the lawnmower? With, with, with Henry. And he, and he was like, you did it because you felt bad about it, right? And I was like, no. And then he's like, yeah, you did. You did it because you felt guilty. And I was like, why are you, John? What is going on? Wow. With the, you were saying he the same sounds, thing. I like this person. Yeah. And so it, and, and that little thing to me was was really helpful. Like that that moment where I was kind of going into it expecting to need this kind of heartfelt listening session. Yeah. And it started with a joke and it ended. It, it was like it was heartfelt. It was a good therapy. Of course. Session. Of course. Right. But right. It, it there was actually it a lot bullying more situation. No, there were there were more moments of levity in it than I think I uh, thought I needed. So I, mm. I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is that um, humor obviously is an important thing to keep an eye on during these times. And it's also an important thing to force sometimes like to kind of force yourself to like do an atypically funny thing when you're feeling like shit, because a couple things happen, I think. One is you get into the moment because to mm-hmm. laugh at something is usually to be paying attention to it, right? To get out I of think your head so. to yeah. actually laugh at something, right? But for another thing is just the, like I was saying earlier, um, the act of smiling itself is a dopamine release. The act of smiling itself is a yeah. Is a I was really thinking exactly feeling, of your comment right? earlier about yeah, just and, like and waking up and it'd be better if you woke up and just started laughing hysterically every yeah. day. Uh huh. Yeah, that would be that would be very frightening. I think. Um, I think it might scare Micah somewhat. Yeah. You know, yeah. y- you wake up from your um, intimate spooning. Yep, a very um, intimate spooning. To just screaming with Joker style laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. I, I feel like uh, there, it, it's and it, it's funny the the act of being sad and the act of laughing are emotionally sometimes very similar to me. I mean, I think that it's it's not. Uh, we might have talked about this on the episode when we addressed this book at length, but. I think it's not a coincidence that a lot of great comedians are are depressed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think when you understand human nature in a pretty deep way and you're pretty tuned into it, I think it can be both really revelatory and really distressing and really funny, you know? I think that's right. I, I really do. I think that idea of being tuned in, um, that really resonates with me. And I think it gets to the earlier thing that, you know, Archbishop Desmond Tutu says about... Um, the idea of someone who experiences joy often also cries more frequently as we talked about. And I think there is something there about tuning in in ways that are actually sometimes um, very difficult. It's it's difficult to be that open hearted. Um, you know, uh, Brene Brown, this great um, researcher and um, has now become like a, a star, <laughs> has her own podcast and everything, um, multiple books. And I should just, I should be her publicist at this point. Um, she talks about this idea of having, um, you know, being open hearted, but having like a steel spine, right? right. That you are um, being a cyborg is what she's getting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? is she actually, she actually, yeah, she had an operation, have a um, neural implant and terrible you know, accident, a, and but it turned out, eyes. yeah, now she actually has a steel spine and therefore she's fighting crime. Yeah. She's going to be around for a long time, yeah, influencing the world. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, what she meant by that is um, stand by your values and who you are and like stand firm, you know, in your, I guess, approach. I honestly, I don't remember what the steel spine part meant very much now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think it was something like what I just said. Yeah, you can, you know, you can come up with something, I'm sure. Based, I on can only think of RoboCop right now. Like, But the open hearted part film. is hard to be yeah, tuned in in that way. Right. So that you can fully experience 
Um, this came up, uh, I think, in in the um, All Joy and No Fun as well. Maybe I don't know. I'm mixing all the joy books up, I guess. But to experience joy is is to have this vulnerability and know what loss is too, right? Like there's this idea that if you open yourself up to that, that you're setting an expectation that will ultimately not be fulfilled. Um, and so we sort of dodge it in that way, I guess. Like, I just think we often limit ourselves and our ability to experience true joy. And so entering into this season, um, yeah, I guess it's just, you know, it's not trying to just be happy or positive about everything. It's about being fully present and, and, uh, you know, acceptance was another one that came up and, um, it was a big focus for us in that original recording. So I'll just read the one excerpt I have from that, which probably I read that time too, but, um, I do often think of this now. Um, so it says one of the key paradoxes in Buddhism is that we need goals to be inspired, to grow and to develop, even to become enlightened. But at the same time, we must not get overly fixated or attached to these aspirations. If the goal is noble, your commitment to the goal should not be contingent on your ability to attain it. And in pursuit of our goal, we must release our rigid, rigid assumptions about how we must achieve it. Peace and equanimity come from letting go of our attachment to the goal and the method. That is the essence of acceptance. You're you're that you're meant, nodding that, and that, it made less sense to me the longer that quote went on for some reason. To, to I think it could have probably again, been said in fewer words. Yeah, I, I feel like you know, I got it, and I then think, I was like, "Wait!" And it was thrown off by equanimity because I was like, "Man, that is a weird word." It is, and then, isn't it? And then you closed, and I was like, "Shit!" I stopped paying attention. You lost to it. track. I, I, here's, I, I, here's how yeah. I'm gonna spin this one. Okay. Yeah, spin it. We talked earlier about um, the struggle, you know, that you're having in, um, I, I painted this picture of, uh, cause I often beautifully paint these metaphors and I, I did this in this episode, um, yeah, where, you know, you had a horizon filled with opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. There were things on the horizon that you were working towards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have maybe, maybe it's a, a step, a step too far to say there were goals around these. That's a little bit much maybe, but, <laughs> um, it's been hard to see a lot of that go away. Right? Yeah, right in this moment um and acceptance is like you're still striving for that for the goal but the ways that you thought you'd get there i think have changed dramatically in this whole it's been very disruptive to all of us um and part of acceptance is like you want to you want to still have goals in life right you're still right. aiming for something you want a purpose um but it's the idea of kind of accepting the sort of new direction that's before us. And I don't know, that's how I'm kind of reading that. Well, yeah. Um, I, but what resonates with me about that is that it's goals are a way of orienting ourselves, but they're not a, they're not a corridor to seal ourselves into. Right. Yes. Like, go, I'm, I'm just, I'm going off your metaphors here. Right. So the sky has corridors coming out of it and I get to make sure you don't go in the wrong one. The, the Forget about the stairway that, to heaven. There's just corridors everywhere. Corridors toward, towards goals, right? Yes. Tor- co- so, corridors to goals. That's your new bestselling book. It's my my autobiography, um, yeah. God, it's one, awful. One brave Who would buy that? dad's journey. Corridors shit. to goals. That just sounds awful. Goals. Well, you know why it sounds awful, John, is because it is. That's the idea is that having a corridor is a bad thing, right? All right, all right. When you're in the when you're in the forest yeah. and you are trying to I'm figure out exactly where mm-hmm. you are, you are in the forest a lot. We're talking uh, in the middle of the woods right now. Live. You're, yep. you're a feral person. <laughs> um, you know, you you have a number of things to orient yourself that you can get 
incredibly far with without needing to pull a phone out or call somebody, right? Yeah. You can pay attention to your environment. You can look at the direction the water is flowing. You can listen to, you know, audio clues about what's near you, if there are roads nearby and things like that. You can look at, you know, for landmarks, you can just memorize geospatially where you are. Google you can look map. at the sun. <laughs> you can, I'm yeah. getting there. You can look at, you know, the at just where you are in space. There's a lot of clues that are there for us that we don't take if advantage we pay of. Attention. Because we go to Google Maps, right? Because we can. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes what's really fun to me about going on a hike and, and deliberately not doing that mm-hmm. is that even if I have, a, you know, those moments where you're on a trail and you kind of lose sight of where the blazes went, you like, you kind of start, you know, you, you don't really see where those little circles and squares are. And you're like, oh shit, where did the trail go? And then you have that really nice, you know, five minutes or so where you have to kind of retrace where you just came from and you look and you're like, okay, this is a little bit clearer. Okay, this this must be the trail. And then you take a little bit of a leap of faith, right? And you go, okay, okay, this is where the trail was. I think Or it's for another me, five minutes and you start screaming at each other um, and, you know, talking about who's eating who and all that. Exactly. Uh, whose who's femur will be, you know, primarily, uh, right. whose legs are going to break first so you can yeah. feast but there, on them. But first, there's a good five minutes, yes. There's mm-hmm. that good five minutes. Yeah. So to me, like, that's using, you're setting a goal of getting back onto the trail, right? And yep. there's a lot of different ways to get to it. And uh, and at the end of the day, you do have a lifeline, like you, you have like safety mechanisms to get back, but you don't have to go straight to that. And I think in life, I'm, I'm realizing on good days, especially, that the goals are still there. The things that we, you know, it's not like, it's not like I suddenly during this pandemic decided that I wanted to be like a shitty husband and dad or that I wanted to like, you know, let myself go or that I wanted to become a drug addict or something. Like I didn't, you know, like the goals that I had to be like healthy and long lived and to be there for my kids and my wife, that's like still, that's still the goals. It's just the ways that I'm getting there are different now. So I'm, I'm walking in that direction and I'm using the, the cues around me, I think, to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but, you know, but also, but, but Tay or, or Tick Not Han, the guy that wrote the book that I was talking about, uh, also, you know, talks a lot about that. He's, he's like, you know, of course we should be using goals. Of course we should be thinking about the future, but that shouldn't be the primary thing we're focused on. It shouldn't be what's driving us. You know, we should be, yeah. we should be in the moment and reacting to things. And I think that as, as so many things do on this podcast, it kind of comes back around to that. It's just being open to the actual life that we're living, not the life that we're afraid of falling into or the life that we're, you know, trying to avoid. It's the life or the one in. that we thought could have been, you know, or I think regretting. that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think there's an element of all of our lives right now, or there has been in this whole, you know, several months now of the pandemic of, of mourning the past life Yeah, and what could have been right. The thing, the moments that we've missed with our families, um, the people that we've missed, you know, in some cases have passed away. I mean, there is a a real, a mourning of that. Um, And I think right now, you know, the focus for us needs to be um, managing, (laughs) managing is a strong word. I I don't like that word, but I think it's maybe adapting um, to the moment. Um, I also, you know, I was just scrolling through and, and this popped out at me as well in, in the humility chapter um there's another saying that when the spring bloom comes where does it start does it start on the hilltops or down in the valleys first growth begins first in the low places and um you know i think we all i think we all know that um to a degree right the idea that our it, it's in those challenging moments in life that we we grow in retrospect i think that you know so much of our growth happens um in that challenging you know low points in those challenging low points and this is certainly one for our world um and one that you know i think we have to 
I don't fucking know what I'm saying. Spring will come. How about that? <laughs> Spring will definitely come. That's very true. And you know what? And and with it comes a reminder that we are still here, that we are alive, that we are still moving forward with our lives, even though our lives are so incredibly different, you know? With spring comes a year anniversary from our lives being changed irrevocably by this yeah. thing. With spring comes, you know, the the knowledge that there have been hundreds and hundreds of thousands of deaths from this virus. With spring and, and, and that and that the virus is still going to be here at that point, you know, that we will still be living with it. Right. Between now and the springtime, there's an eternity and there's also the blink of an eye, just like so many things nowadays. And I feel like, you know, it, it, as I mentioned earlier, like every other point in my life, if you'd said like, you know, oh, the spring, I had a very clear picture of what that meant. Like I, I, I knew, okay, you know, what sports <laughs> are going to be starting up. I knew what kind of events were happening. I knew, I knew what that looked like. I knew, you know, we wanted to take a trip and go rafting or something. Like I just had some kind of an idea about what was happening. And now I think many of us truly don't know what that means. I think that we... We know some elements of what awaits us in the springtime, but for many of us, we kind of don't. And I think... There's so much uncertainty. There is so much uncertainty. And that, if you want to talk about acceptance, that is what is important to accept, I think. It's important to accept the reality of things that we can't change, right? We have to die in this lifetime. We have to live in this lifetime right there are very fundamental brown, things which unless you're renee brown she's a cyborg a so yeah yep. she probably probably won't die until the solar death of the universe i'm glad for her yeah yeah it's pretty amazing uh fighting crime in the future it's just incredible you know what i mean like there are these very deep truths that we live with every single yes. day and yes. i think we kind of avoid thinking about them very much um but now like but in in doing that we kind of avoid accepting it and i think now like we're forced to accept some very deep things about ourselves that we are vulnerable that we are in a situation that is so much larger than any of us that we can't do very much about it you know we cannot go into the office we cannot go to concert events we cannot do these things that we took for granted for most of our lives and that is something that will cause incredible friction and pain for us until and even sometimes during we accept for what it really is right which is that this is our life there's a lot of other things that we can look for. And uh, and I think that, like, for me, over these next couple of months, that's something that I'm going to be focusing on is, is, is accepting. And looking at acceptance not as a relinquishing, mm. not as a giving in, not as something fearful, but as something brave, you know, as something honest and true and something that can only happen if you're present, I think. If you can take a look at what life looks like and say, this is it. This is it. This is today, you know? Yeah. And in a sense, this is everything. Right. Yeah. It's this. Um, and I think that is um, a powerful message that uh, we can impart on our children and our families, you know, amidst this time um, to be present with each other, um, be grateful for what we have um, and be compassionate towards, you know, others um, and connect with people in the ways that we can through this time and know that there will be a spring and there will be um what I think will be this really uh, revolutionary growth in, in society and in people. Um, and we're going to look back on it, you know, as an historic moment, yet another one in our lives, <laughs> um, probably more than ever. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing our journey, my friend, in the next season. We'll be back in uh, sometime in January, I hope, you know, because we'll we are see. only, we're, we're in the present, so I can't really know, right? That's true. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> but we are planning to. But we are planning. Uh, not as a corridor to the sky. Right. As a way of orienting ourselves. Yeah, as we'll a way of orienting January. ourselves. Um, and, we've uh, been on quite a journey and we'll continue it with you all. Thank you for listening for yet another season, being part of this. And I uh, hope you stay safe and healthy. 
And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to coming back next year. Have a great holiday season, a great close to this fucking crazy ass year. And uh, and we will see you very soon, everybody. And, and reach out to each other. Reach out to us. If you want somebody to talk to, we're here. Uh, and, uh, this is, this, this will be the hardest part of this entire thing for many of us, I think these next couple of months. Um, and yet we're not going through it alone. So know that and know that you are cared about and seen and that we are here if you need anything. And, uh, and, uh, if you do we're have very the opportunity, our holiday very affordable. discount, very affordable two for one. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if you do have the ability to get a, a cerebral spinal implant and fight crime in the future, like Brene Brown, I say, go for it. This is the time, you know, you're very vulnerable from a health standpoint. You know, just, just go for it. This is the time to do it. All right. Open hearts and steel spines. <laughs> <laughs> bye, my friend. Uh, bye. Talk soon. <laughs>